everyone and welcome to another episode of the Barber Lounge podcast with me, your host, Charlie Baker. Joining us today is Don Quinn. Don has done shows, stage work and education up and down the country. Don was also selected as a finalist for Wall Barber of the Year 2019. We'll be talking about his experiences and what he has learned over the years and where he thinks the barber industry is going. So with all that being said, I would like to welcome to the Barber Lounge podcast, Don. Sweet. How are you doing, Charlie? I'm very well, thank you. Yourself? Yeah, not too bad, not too bad. Enjoying the sun out in the garden. Lovely, isn't it? Yeah, soaking it up. Um, Thank you very much for coming on. That's no problem. to get you on for a while now. Um, (laughs) So, starting off, just tell us a little bit, and for the people that are listening, a little bit about yourself and when you started and a little bit about your background and how you got into barbering, basically. Okay, so I think um, it's safe to say that barbering was in my genetic profile. Um, my whole family of barbers, my, my granddad opened up a barber shop about 56 years ago, something like that. And um, yeah, so I'm, I'm basically third generation barbers and I've been there since as far back as I can remember. And my barbering career started when I was 16. Um, I pretty much went straight into it from school because that was pretty much the only thing I knew at the time. So I just, I just jumped, dived straight in, straight into it. And, um, yeah, I mean, I had a few breaks along the way. I, I pretty much, I went to work on site when I was 19. Um, and then I came back when I was 21 cause I, I had my first child, Nico and, and I needed, I needed a, a secure source of income. So I pretty much come back. And when I came back, um, I, I had literally zero clientele. I pretty much lost everything. And my goal at that time was to pretty much try and sort of become the best version of myself and try and get as much clientele as I could because, I mean, it was so annoying. You know, when you look to the barber to the left of you and to the right of you and they got a full column and then obviously I had absolutely nothing. You, 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 you know, there was that drive there. So, so I went, I went on from there to try and sort of build that clientele back up. And, um, and yeah, it went, it pretty much went from there. So, so I've been building my clientele up over the last couple of years and, you know, we've been quite successful with it. Um, and I'm pretty, I'm moving to a new barbershop now, as soon as lockdown's over, um, we got uh, we got another salon or another barbershop. I'm, I'm going to be moving up to that one. So I'm going to be starting the whole journey all over again. Um, whether my clients will follow or not, you know, only time will tell. But um, yeah, so so that's that's me up until 2020. Exactly. It's nice. And like I say, if you're going to a new shop, it'll probably give you a new, that fresh feeling, the hunger to get back in the shop and start cutting again. Um, going back to when you said about your third generation, so like I say, I knew that about you, but the people listening didn't. How did you know you were going to get into barbering then? Did you did you know like you was always going to be a barber, or did you always going to be something else when like leaving school, for example? I mean, my my ambition when I left school was was to be a barber. It's weird because most people I think that are born into some sort of family business that's the last thing they think about. But for me, yeah. um, I think you know what my brother does it, and I always looked up to my brother so. I think leaving school, that was my main goal was to, to get into barbering. But the problem was at the time, like I, I didn't really realize how lucky I was, you know. And I mean, I went to Rome for a few months to learn Italian and um, didn't learn much Italian. I, I learned how to get pissed, but not 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 much Italian. And <laughs> and uh, yeah, and I, I, I obviously I left when I was 19 because I, uh, I had a little bit of a 
little bit of a weird patch in my life where you could sort of call it a bit of a breakdown and I just wanted to find something new so I went on site and came back but yeah I think leaving school that was my main ambition was to was to go into Barbering. Okay definitely nice I think like you say when you had a little bit of a struggle and you wanted to try something else I think when everyone leaves school you always think you want to do something and then when you start doing it it's not actually as glamorous but then when you go and do something else and come back to it, especially Barbering because I was just saying you actually do realise how good of a job it is to get into. Yeah, yeah, 100%. I mean, like, you know, I think it was the the cold and the outdoors that put me off coming back to a, a shop where I've got hot coffee and air conditioning. You yeah. know, and, and not just that. I think, I think it's the only job where, you know, you, you're pretty much working in a really sociable environment. Like, you're always socialising. You're always seeing people you like. Not always seeing people you like, but, you know, most of the time you're seeing people you like. And I think, yeah... I think once you master the skill, it's enjoyable. I think the the hard part is the working up to being a decent barber and creating that clientele. Yeah, yeah. definitely. And to say that when you said about the social side of it, it is very. And that's one thing I love about it. it your customers for you've had for years or turn into like your friends. Um, so when you the, the shop you worked in, it's am I right in the pronunciation? Tadaros. That's Tadaros. it. Yeah, Tadaros. Tadaros. <laughs> Almost, I think I got it nearly. Which is that the shop you've always worked in? Yeah, yeah. I've never, I've never moved shops. I mean, the one we've got now is in, is based in South Wales. Um, so we've got two. We've had, we have had three in the past, but um, yeah, we shrunk it down to two. Um, yeah, like we, my granddad started that business, like I said, some like probably fifty something years ago, um, and and it's just grown since then. So we've got a lot of clientele you know, built up a good name for ourselves, don't you? Yeah, definitely. If you've got two shops and had a third, you might a reason probably why you dropped down to two. It might have been more easy to control. But yeah. um, going on to talking about your clientele, what type of clientele do you get? Like, say, Italian barbers, is it classical, like, two back and sides? Do you have longer hairs, skin fades? Yeah, I mean, culturally, like, cutting culturally, I think, is a bit of a mix. Um so in one of the salons, I say salons, right, because I keep I keep going back to saying salons because we actually are a split salon. We've got um, hairdressers and a men's, hence the name, because it says Tadaro's Hairdressing Limited. Um, but yeah, so we've got, we've got an array of clients. I mean, in Milford Salon, in one of the shops, we've got sort of, uh, how can I put it? We've got more of a modern sort of younger clientele down there. We, you know, we have the odd sort of, uh how can i put it in a nice way veteran we we we, we get yeah we get, older we get, generation we get, yeah yeah we got a lot of the older generation on the younger but mostly the younger um and with the other salon it's a lot of passing trade so i mean there's a, a you get all sorts yeah all yeah sorts of all cut, sorts. Like haircuts. yeah exactly exactly so we get we get all sorts up there so i mean my my experience in cutting is is quite vast like i mean i've i i, I can vary from you know, uh, a contemporary clipper of a comb um, to skin fade, long laid haircuts. Like, there's a lot going on. Yeah, so, nice. Yeah. That's what's good. It's good that you get variation because if you did back to back skin fades or two back and sides, it, it you won't. You find the motivation to keep it interesting and doing something different. So, like you say, with the other shop, one of your shops that has different clientele. I bet you that's good all the time. And when you get the odd veteran or OMP like you're saying 
it's always nice to mix it up. Yeah, like, I mean, this is the thing. I think it's good because the problem is we're going into a barbershop where you have got a specific cutting culture. And when I say cutting culture, I mean like a certain type of clientele, like whether it be the older generation, the younger generation, um, you know, you could be Afro-Caribbean, you could be sort of like modern edgy, like there's a lot of different. And I think when you learn in a shop where you do pretty much everything, you got the chance to learn so many different techniques because I know you, Charlie, you started in a sort of similar kind of environment, didn't you? Yeah, yeah, I did really. And I taught myself basically learning videos, watching people like yourself and people in the industry. Um, but yeah, you, you've got to try and find the creative mentality to keep it interesting and like, say when you feel more relaxed and they trust you more. Yeah. Um, so where do you, where do you, with all like talking about your clients and like what cuts you get, where do you see the next type of haircuts? What do you think is going to be longer lengths, especially after lockdown when people have got long hairs and tried it out? Do you think people are going to keep that? Yeah, I think like you got to think like, I mean, with fashion, there's a lot of versatility, but I think in my personal opinion, um, when things get too common, they change. Um, and I think you've just got to look to the more eccentric type i mean i could i could list a no, load of barbers off the top of my head but i think when you when we're looking at the new style coming through it's definitely definitely going to be long i don't know how long it's going to take how long it's going to take but no yeah um, uh, i think I, <laughs> I think i think it's definitely coming in i think skin fades you know i absolutely love fading um you know i love everything with the clippers but i think um premium barbers are going to start showing through now with long layered haircuts think that's the next that's the next big thing yeah i think it will be longer length like you say don't know how long pardon the pun again how it's <laughs> going to be but i i do think cause when i was when the shop was shutting um coming up to lockdown sorry tapers were becoming a bigger thing people were trying it um so with having a taper and the haircut the, the hair's long and flows on the sides a lot more so i think that could be i think that's what it's going to be next yeah yeah definitely i think like when you when you look to met people like men spire and um, I can't think off the top of my head anyone else, but like a lot of Alan Beak stuff, like they're doing, you can see that graduation starting to come through. There's a lot yeah. of clipper over comb. There's a lot of intricate um, section and scissor work. And I think, I think that's, that's where the industry's going personally. Yeah, definitely. And like you say, with a taper, you're getting, you're kind of getting the best of both worlds. You're still getting a bit, if you have a skin taper, you still got the skin fade on the, the, the temple and the nape and you, you're still getting a bit of, like say you're feeling you that fresh feeling, but then you've got like long lengths going through the side and on the top. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. So do you get um? Do you feel free to create in your shop? Then do you feel comfortable with your clientele to be creative? Yeah, um, I think I've built up that level of trust where um, they know that if I'm recommending anything, that they they feel secure in my advice. Do you know what I'm saying? I think. Um, yeah. I think that that is the main thing at the moment with barbers. I mean, if you want to sort of start creating uh, more versatile looks or more edgy, creative looks, I think that trust needs to be built with clients. And that's that's what I feel like um, I've managed to build up over like God knows, uh, say seven years now. Is that is that trust and that likability with your haircuts? I think uh, I think sometimes people go a bit too overboard and <laughs> yeah so, yeah there is some they some do but it gets noticed i think sometimes yeah they don't see them again they're gone <laughs> no, no. 
probably there's a reason for that probably. But you going on to being creative because obviously you do a lot of work now for Gary at Great British Barber Bash and you've done a bit of stage work and obviously you can probably do a simpler haircut but do you have to feel like you've got to be a little bit more creative now you've done a bit of work like stage work? Yeah, I think um, I think when people are watching you they want to see something different, don't they? They don't want to be shown yeah. exactly the same thing. So I think um, I, try and, I try and mix it up a bit I think when I'm on stage I try and sort of um, go for your sort of basic shapes so that they're easy and rep, replicable, replica, rep, replicatable. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Like you can take it, you'll see it walking down the street and you can yeah. style it yourself. Yeah, you can see the shape from it. I'm obviously not going to show them a shape that is sort of really hard to achieve, but I'll, I'll, I'll use a fundamental shape and use the fundamental techniques that I know. And then on top of that, then I'll add a bit of, um, you know, technical work, uh, sort of show them a bit of um, how I texture how I section, but I think for me, it's it's explaining the, the 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 importance of using the fundamentals within my work. I think sometimes when you go to shows and you see someone doing something completely out of the ordinary, and it it's just not practical for a you know a, a, a you know in, in 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 the shop. I think that's the biggest problem. I think when people go to these shows, they don't learn because they're not practical. You can't implement yeah, yeah. them within the shop. So I think it's important to show them the, the fundamental shape that most customers will be coming in for and will be asking for and then give them something that they can stamp their own haircuts with and stand out. That's that's yeah. what I try and do anyway at the shows. Yeah, I, I think that's what I think I like as well. I Don't get me wrong, I love everything about barbering and well, most things, but I like when people do do out their haircuts when they've got a massive pattern in the side, but I, I sway more towards like a natural finish, like you wouldn't get someone that works in the city um, as a massive office shop, does meetings every day and he's going to have a massive pink fringe and then like a massive tram line on the side because it's not. But that's yeah. why I think like natural finish hairs, like you say, tapers a minute ago, I just think worked really, really well. And you, there's so many ways you can make it look different and styling. Like styling is like a massive, massive part. Like you said, Alan Beek, natural finishing, like natural finishes to the haircut. He uses predominantly his hairdryer. Yeah, so you yeah. get a million and one results with a finish without anything too complicated. Yeah, I think like you know it's hard. It's really, really hard because we're in a sort of saturated market, aren't we? And you know, standing out is important. And you know, especially like on social media when people want to gather a bit of a following. Um, for me, my my main aim for the following is to try and push um, sort of more of a, an educational route. Um, but it, but again, it's hard because you've got to do something different because you need to stand out and you need to get the likes and you need to get the engagement. But at the same time, you also need to be showing people the fundamentals. You need to be showing people how them shapes are achieved. And most of the time it's quite boring to watch. You know, it's not, you, you know, sometimes the hard work goes into the fundamentals and they're the most, that's the most boring part. But once you get it, you can then add your stamp or your, you know, your technical ability on top of that. Um, but yeah, I think the point I'm trying to make is is that, you know, I think when you are an educator, people feel that they have to try and stand out and be a bit different, and that that's the hardest part is 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 standing out and being different. And sometimes they come in with stuff that really isn't practical within the shop, but it works in the in in you know in the shows. Yeah, of course, and like you say, standing out. Like going back to when I said about Great British Barber Bash, 
you've worked with like some big names on the stage, like Ryan Cullen, um, Liam, Liam Kenny. Like Liam Kenny, for example, he's a very creative barber and the way he styles his hair, everything he does is always, is it accentuate the word? Am I saying that right? Yeah, yeah, it's it's eccentric the way you sort of eccentric. Uh, that's the word I'm trying to find. And he's he's always all of his haircuts like it, and they're amazing. So for him to go on stage, he straight away he catches people's eye because yeah. of his haircuts. Yeah, yeah, definitely. I love Liam Twig because he he sort of does like his fading and stuff. He um he does a lot of curved fades, so like he he'll sort of accentuate the very front area of the he head. He does, doesn't he? He always leaves it longer, doesn't he? Like fades back and away from it. Yeah. So it, so he, um, I'm trying to say, so he always leaves it like a harsh line and it's somehow I think it's amazing how he does it. Yeah, 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 yeah. I, I do like, I, I, and to be honest with you, like I've worked with Liam twice now and he's, he's a really cool guy. <laughs> he's, yeah, yeah. he's, I don't even know how, I think he's like 18, 19. Is he really? Yeah, he's, he's not that old and he's absolutely class, you know, because Liam said to me one day, um, you know, I don't feel like I'm doing, I, he was saying something, I'm like, mate, you know, I was still, I was still wearing nappies when I was 19. Let alone being on stage talking to this many people. You was people. on the construction site. You was on the stru- construction site in 19. Yeah. Like, I, I would <laughs> never, never in a million years have the confidence at 19 to do that. But I think, like, confidence is built by just repetition and doing things that probably make you feel uncomfortable. Do you feel like you've, every time you've done a show, because if I'm right in saying that your first stage show was Barb of the Year, am I right? Yeah. Yeah, I think... Uh, e... Did I do... Yeah, well, I think I think I did um, the Liverpool show, the first ever Liverpool show, and then with the Great British Barber Bash, and then I went on to do the Salon International with you, Carl Taylor. Uh, yeah, so, I mean, like, that was the second show. Um, but that definitely, I mean, like, how mad was that? Yeah, yeah, it was kind of, like, that was the, for me, that was the first time I ever done any type of stage work or stand work and it was it was a met once you're up there the feeling of it and you get in your element it was it is good and it gives you the taste for more oh definitely i think like you know what uh i can't remember who i was talking to about this but i think it might have been paul paul barbacode but when you get up on that stage it's it's a rush do you know what i mean like you've got yeah, so once you, front of you. yeah once like, you get past that yeah go sorry, on. once you get past that stage where you you relax and the first time you've done it and you get past the big names, like you said, Paul Barbacode, um, Liam Kenny, Ryan Cullen. There's a few you've worked with on the stage. At, like I say you've done a few stage work at Bash now. Um, yeah. Once you get past that, you just get settled. And not everyone wants to see the most ex- creative no, haircut. No, definitely not. No, I think, like, you know, the way Paul cuts, I, I love the way Paul cuts because he, he, he is practical. And I, I can't think of the word, but it's very easily implemented within a working environment. You've got to remember, like, I mean, we're, we're the ones on, you know, on the floor. Like, we, we've got people coming in and out. And, like, we've, I don't know how long you've got, but some people have got between half an hour and an hour to do a good skin fade, especially now yeah. going after coronavirus, where we might have to wash the hair. Then we've got to clean everything down. We've got to try and do that on a certain time schedule. You know, there's not a lot of room for improvement when you're doing it at that rate. And I think if you can make small incremental changes while you're cutting, it's perfect. But if you're getting thrown, you know, stuff that, well, I don't know, like, you know, like um, uh, 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 a, a square 
um section where you spin it around and you're you're taking you know like it ain't gonna work it's not it's no, not yeah. it's not easy no, i do understand what you're saying especially for talking about paul barbaco like his haircut and how he finishes his work not talking down about his work but it's like day-to-day haircuts that he makes look extraordinary like they're all so clean yeah. and they're so they're so fresh but it's not like we're talking about creative haircuts with like your tram lines he that rarely does that he might do one line in it but most of his haircuts are just every day like you can style it and make it look like that but it's, it's like his technique and cutting is amazing 100 percent. yeah yeah i love it i love it he, he's he's a really nice guy to work with as well if you ever want to contact him he's just it's he's a good guy to have on the show actually because he's just so down to earth just easy going and he's welsh as well even better <laughs> i wonder why you like him so much um so yeah what's so, the since we've been in lockdown, what have, what have you been doing, keeping busy? Have you got any plans for, like you said, you're going into a new shop? Have you got any any changes that's going to be happening to yourself and Barbara in the shop? Yeah, I mean, um, obviously, like I said, I'm changing the shop. So I'm moving salons. Um, and I mean, the the procedures that we'll, we'll be putting in place, um, we're going to try and go above and beyond, to be honest. We're going to try and go above and beyond. We're going to try and... I think a lot of people are going, to be honest. Well, if, if they don't, then I've, cause I've spoken to a few people myself and they, I've kind of got a few... I've kind of, for my shop, I've got a lot of my things in place. Not loads, I haven't been crazy, but if the guidelines change and everyone's going to try and get the stuff and you're going to struggle to get some certain things. So I think you need to have all this stuff in place kind of now. Yeah. Even if you don't have to have them, I think, personally. Yeah, I mean, like, you know what? I think... Like I was speaking about this earlier, you know, trust building is is massive. Like in Barber and you know, trust you've got with your clients is more important than any any anything else. Um, but now going back, I mean, let's put it for instance, I was going to go down Tesco. I was going to go to Lidl's the other day, and I've been going to Tesco for a good few weeks. And they're really strict down there with procedures, cleaning, cleanliness, everything, right? And I went to Lidl's, and it was shocking. Like you could literally walk in, there's loads of people really, in there. Really. Right. And that, you know, I mean, this isn't really a good, um, you know, a comparison, but I didn't go back there. Even though I use that shop all the time, I didn't go back there. I went to Tesco again because I thought it's safer. So no matter how much trust you've got built up with your clients at the moment, I think if they go to your shop and they don't feel safe and they know that their friend has been to another shop and they were really high um you know uh, on top of their procedures and all there's no doubt that that person would probably move shop do you know what i mean oh, definitely I, I know exactly what you're saying you'd rather you'd rather be doing that little bit more than that little bit less than the other yeah. barbers in your area 100 percent. i definitely I, I, I really do think that yeah because like you say you could have a customer for five ten years but then he might have a brother that doesn't come in and then they yeah. might go to the barbers down the road and they're they're washing your hair they're putting gloves on you, masks, the lot. But then you might just be putting a disposal gown on a mask, not going, not washing the hair. And they might think, oh, I want my hair washed. This lot. And, and that's how it might work. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. I think it's, it's something to take into consideration. I think um, we're not just going to go back and like everything's going to go back to normal. Definitely. I don't think, it, I don't think it, for Barbara's especially because we're falling into the category that's, opening really really late compared to a lot of things like even pubs might be opening in june and we're still not till the 4th of july i think for barbering i think gloves could potentially be essential for for us for a while and 
and masked purely because of how many people we come in contact with. Definitely. Have you got visors? Are you wearing visors? I won't wear one, but I think we might have to get them purely if the guy lamp to do with beards. I think that will be because beards flick everywhere, as you know. I think yeah. a visor will be uh, practical for us if we've got to do beards. Yeah, I think... Um, I think... I think... I'm not going to bother for the first couple of weeks doing beards. No, I understand. I think it's just going to be... Ugh. Uh, yeah, I should, probably shouldn't say that on the mic, but I just I just think that it's really unhygienic at the moment to be doing something that close to someone's face. Do you know what I mean? Definitely. Especially unless you don't have a visor. Like you think, like my shop, for example, it's, it's like a greenhouse. It's so hot. And if this if I was working today, I'd have to be doing it in speedos or something. It'd be so hot. It'd be ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. And cutting someone's beard and that flicking everywhere, it'd be ridiculous. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The beard yeah. I'm talking about, not, not me and the speedos. <laughs> Yeah. So what's on that? What's what have you got planned? What's in the future for you then in the pipeline? You got any more shows with Bash? Obviously, you don't know when the Great Bish Barbash next show is. Um, uh, anything? Yeah, yourself think, and what you're gonna do. I mean, people right. can't see the camera here, but I've got notes all over the back of my wall where I've been. Uh, can, I can tell them that you have got plants. Plants. Yeah. Notes okay. everywhere. Uh, well, notes and plants. I've got some plants here. <laughs> <as well. laughs> um, I've just been designing a course at the moment little bit different with a bit of a twist um but that'll be coming out probably what date have i got there july the 10th 2020 so that's the date i'm heading for so i've just said yes. it i've got to do it now and i you have, you have indeed um, you have indeed so yeah i've been working with a really great guy chris foster and he's been helping me sort of design it and create everything so i mean if anyone's listening um get in contact with chris he's an amazing coach Chris Foster Hair, his name is on Instagram, am I right? Yeah, that's it, that's it. Um, yeah. He's got the Foss Academy um, and the EPA... I can't remember the name now. Digital. Digital. That's EPA it. Digital Academy, I think. Yeah, so definitely, like, he's been, help- he's been coaching me through it, so that's what I'll have coming up now. And then, as far as shows are concerned, um, I've spoke to Gary, but I think he he's just waiting now to hear back from obviously what the government are saying about how many people can be in a room at the same time. So it might be smaller events. Um, but yeah, I mean, that, that's about it, to be honest. I think, um, I think a lot of people, especially our industry, we're waiting, especially like the 4th of July, for example, that is our date we've been given, but a lot of people aren't confident. It's going to be the 4th of July until we get that in stone date, especially like Gary and his show. I don't think we're going to jump to any conclusions really. I mean, it's different for you guys because England, I think, have got different rules to Wales. Um, I, don't, uh, I don't know how different they are, but I know that England have already gone to six people out allowed out at a time, I think, in a group. Yeah, I think, am I right in saying, like today, he's making an announcement. Today? To, is it? Yeah, today or Sunday, he's making it. I think the 1st of June, a lot changes where a lot more people can be in the same house together. You can stay overnight. Yeah, so he's going to go, go home, but don't go home. Go out, yeah. but stay at home. <laughs> he, probably, he can't beat that last, he can't be that last one, can he? So, Yeah, they're like, um, what, what's the guy's name now that's just broken all the rules? Oh, Don, Dominic Cumming, Cummings, yeah. I think. Yeah, he, he literally, he is literally just, he couldn't have been done anything worse. He's travelled with coronavirus to his mother's. <laughs> 
to his mother's house, who is elderly, and dropped his kid off. Everything that he wasn't supposed to be doing, he's doing. And Boris Johnson's like, yes, but we'll just ignore it. Go home, but don't go home. <laughs> he was indeed. He's literally done the number one rule, hasn't he? And kind of broke, everything he's been saying. Literally broken every rule possible. Every rule. <laughs> You've got coronavirus. He's left the house. He's gone to an elderly person's house with his kids. Yeah. Idiot. It's crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yeah. But so if you if you had gone everything we've gone over in your experience in your industry, doing shows and entering competitions, working with some amazing people, if you had a one word or one key advice for a young barber or a person that's got a sh- opening a shop, what would that advice be to them? <sighs> Just set goals. That's literally all my advice would be. Just set goals. Because without a goal you're going nowhere. Do you know what I mean? You're pissing in the wind. Don't Definitely. don't try and achieve something without a goal being written out. That's it. That's what I'd say. Oh, good. Well, thank you very much. Well, I'd like to say thank you very much for coming on today, Don. Yeah. It's been a pleasure sharing yeah. your knowledge and everything you've been doing. I've actually got one <laughs> final question for you. Yeah, go on. <laughs> do you like chocolate? Yeah, I do. Where do you keep your chocolate? In the cupboard or the fridge? Fridge. Oh, lovely. It's got to be cold. I'm, I'll keep it in the fridge as well. <laughs> You've got to keep it in the fridge. I love that question. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, thank you so much for coming on today. It's been a pleasure sharing all your knowledge and everything you've done. Um, I hope you get back to working very soon. Yeah. And um, I'll stay in contact. But yeah, once yeah. again, thank you very much. Cheers, Charles. It was really nice speaking thank to you, Thank you, John. Mate. And you. Bye-bye. 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 